Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the final hour of the day, all three hours. Hello, Orlando. How are you guys on WDBO? Did you know you can hear me every Tuesday on WDBO about 835 where I we get deep into the headlines of the day? Because I'm not just your talk show host. I also do news analysis. I can be fair and even-handed. All right. I want to, out of the box, before I pivot to anything else, want to take a phone call about something that is happening here in Georgia that I am hearing a ton about. Amanda, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. How are you, Eric? I'm great. What's going on? Okay. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. So I might be an oddity here in suburban Atlanta. I'm a white, college-educated female. And I am just shocked at the ads, the amount of ads Warnock and Abrams are running against Kemp and um, Herschel Walker. Mm -hmm. And I did not go to UGA. I went to Tech, actually. But I'm still going to support Walker. I've always been a Republican, lifelong Republican. And I feel like he has a lot of um, promise and good points on the ads he runs. But I feel like all these attack ads are going to get your less educated voter, people that are not staying up with the issues, and all of the gun and, oh, I'm a cop and I'm against Brian Kemp. I feel like this is playing into the Democrats' hands. And I know Biden is such a train wreck, and they're going to try to tie hope that some of this horribleness of Biden is going to fill over into these down ballot races, but I'm just, I, if I'm really upset for our state. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's what you got to understand. Uh, first of all, I would say I'm more concerned on the Walker front than on the war than on the Kemp front with the ads. Uh, I'll explain why, but first I got to tell you, I got to get you to meet my kid because she's 16 and wants to go to tech and, uh, you know, she, she went for a summer camp and her roommates were a Wiccan, a Buddhist and an atheist, and they had a Satanist next door. And now she's a little concerned. (laughs) Well, I also checked the other box of being Catholic. There you go. That's all right. Um, uh, at least like have a, have a relationship with our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, as opposed to Satan. Uh, (laughs) Well, yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, yes. I was just, but so, yep. She, she, she's, she's committed to take, she didn't want to look anywhere else. Um, in any of it as a side note. Now on this, here's the problem with Abrams and the attacks on Kemp. Uh, if you listen to Stacey Abrams talk, she never talks about Brian Kemp's name anymore in her statements. Um, which tells me that in her own polling, he's popular. She says the current governor and the incumbent. She never says Brian Kemp. Uh, And that tells me that she knows she can't use his name because he's popular. And that tells me that they're at 100% name ID. Everybody already knows them. So it doesn't matter what attacks she makes on Brian Kemp. People know him already. He's everywhere in the state. The problem, though, is on the Herschel Walker front. People don't know Herschel Walker. A a supposed Republican group, a group of Lincoln Project people, are running an attack out on Herschel Walker with his ex-wife talking about him holding a gun to her head. He wants to pivot and say, this gives me an opportunity to talk about mental health, and thank you for raising that because I want to talk about this. If he can pull that off, good for him. I'm not sure he can, 
but he does not have the money that Raphael Warnock has. Uh, Warnock has massive, massive amounts of money nationwide, and he is running $750,000 a week to keep his name up there positively before pivoting to attack Walker. But that tells me something, too. Warnock's been up even before Stacey Abrams. That means he knows that he's running from behind. If he's going up really early, like in the middle of the Republican primary, Warnock is running I love puppies and I love people and I love Georgia ads. It means he's trying to build up his favorability, one, because he's going to be ruthless against Walker, but two, that he's got problems in his own polling. Georgia is a must-win state. So let's pivot. Uh, let, let, let's talk about Florida real quick. You've got Marco Rubio down there with Val Demings running uh, for the U.S. Senate. Uh, well, Demings will, will be the Democratic nominee. And then probably Charlie Crist will be the nominee against Ron DeSantis, uh, that, that uh, pothead woman. Uh, what's her name? Um, Nikki, what's her name? Pothead. Um, is, who, who is running – uh, she's like the agriculture commissioner in Florida, and like all she wants to do is smoke weed or and legalize weed, and she owns like uh, interest in a bunch of marijuana companies. So it's like the only thing she's interested in. She's this very weird person. Uh, you got two. You got some really weird y'all in Florida. My gosh, y'all got some weird people. You got Charlie Chris, the original Orange Man, uh, and you got um, this woman. Is Chris still married uh, to to that lady? Poor woman. Um, in any of it, um, Marco Rubio and Ron DeSantis are just going to win election. They're, they're just going to win. Florida is less of a swing state than Georgia. In Georgia, however, Kemp is more likely than not going to win because he's got 95 to 99% name ID. He's running five points ahead at a time. Republicans tend to run behind Democrats in polling. And everybody knows Stacey Abrams. She has been too overexposed. I mean, she's been on freaking Star Trek for Pete's sake. Walker's the one who's got to boost his ad spending. He needs to get out there. He needs to blanket the airwaves. And I think he should take head-on mental health. I think he should. Um, they're trying to use it as a weakness against him. I think he can he can do some jujitsu. He can make it a strength of his that he's willing to talk about this. He can talk about the suicide rate of farmers. There's a big story uh, out nationally today about the mental health struggles of farmers in South Georgia. Herschel Walker can totally connect on that story. And he can own it, and he can make it a big issue, uh, a non-sexy issue that he owns, he controls, he runs with, and he wins. Something Warnock can't do. Maybe they will. And that gets me to the pivot of where I wanted to go. Stacey Abrams right now is overexposed. She's been on Star Trek. She's been all over TV. The national media loves her. I mean, she, and she in, in Star Trek. It's it's it's. I mean, they all love her. It's it's a big thing. And there's a level of overexposure for the Democrats right now too. It's not just Abrams, because the Democrats and the media again have the symbiotic relationship. And when they have the symbiotic relationship, they do everything they can to promote these Democratic candidates. I mean, it's one reason. Let, let's just let's spend a moment. I've talked about Florida. I've talked about Georgia. Let's go to the other supposed swing state of Ohio. Hi, WDBO. Interestingly enough, I, so I have this live stream 
Uh, you can listen if you text the word "show" to three three seven seven seven. You can get the podcast, but then there's a twenty four seven live stream where you literally twenty four hours a day. If you click that link, you hear my most recent show every day at three p.m. It resets to the current show that I've just concluded. And it goes through. And interestingly enough, I have a massive, massive listener audience in Ohio. Like I'm on the I'm on WHIO uh, in Dayton, Ohio, and I have no idea why I have so many listeners in Cincinnati and Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and then there's somewhere else uh, in uh, I'm I'm pulling it up right now so I can see because I I was just kind of flabbergasted when I was looking at the data. Why do I have so many? Like, I get Dayton. I get. Uh, but Columbus and Cincinnati and Cleveland is the other one. Cleveland, Sandusky, right there along Lake Erie. I, I just, I couldn't understand why. Toledo is in my, like, top 50. I don't have any affiliates there. I've got an affiliate in Dayton. I don't know what's going on as to why do I have so many people. Marion, Ohio? Is another I I don't I don't get it Akron I know is in there but in in any event so let's talk about Ohio for just a moment. J D Vance is the Republican nominee in Ohio. J D Vance is running as a Trump Republican. J D Vance was a massive critic of Donald Trump in 2016. Before that, J.D. Vance was a Democrat. J.D. Vance was on CNN as some sort of analyst or pundit as a Democrat who talked about the white working class. Like so many people who are from the white working class, J.D. Vance shifted to the right, in large part decided that Donald Trump wasn't so bad after all. There are a lot of people, and I am friends with many, who believe J.D. Vance is doing a deeply cynical ploy They believe that J.D. Vance isn't authentic in what he says. Here's the thing. What they don't seem to appreciate or realize is it is possible, it is really possible that someone can rise from the working class, become very wealthy, and still be connected to the working class. I grew up in Dubai, y'all. I had a very out-of-the-ordinary experience growing up. I have still been to more countries than states. But I moved home to rural Louisiana. Rural Louisiana. Until recently, the town I grew up in had no stoplight. I graduated from public school in rural Louisiana. I lived a middle-class existence. My income is more than the income of that of the middle class. And I got to tell you, I I certainly, given the choice between the Ritz-Carlton and the Hampton Inn, I'll go with the Ritz-Carlton if I can. But I stayed at a Hampton Inn the other day, and I slept great. There's a great disconnect, I think, on the left because a lot of them are surrounded by people who are privileged in ways you and I are not. There's a story out about the the grandchildren of the Rockefellers and the Gettys, the oil barons back in the day, that the grandchildren and great-grandchildren are using their money to fight for climate change. And when you read the bios of these people, 
They're drug ad- former drug addicted. They got STDs, lifelong problems. One of them has HIV from cheating on her husband with someone who had AIDS. Uh, they, they got all sorts of problems, and they've never really worked a day in their life. Oh, sure, they've they've done volunteer work, and they've worked at things they've wanted to work with, but they never had to take a job just to earn a paycheck. If you're from the middle class, I don't care who you are, you more likely than not at one point in your life took a job just to earn a paycheck, even if you hated the job. I've been there. If you're lower income, for sure, you've probably taken a job you have no passion for, but you got to have it to make ends meet. A lot of these people who get their women and gender studies degrees, they're just they're in it for the cause. They don't need to go get a job that they hate. They go out and they, they eventually work their way into some diversity officer job at a company somewhere and make everybody's life miserable. It's payback for their years of misery. They don't relate. See, they look at a guy like J.D. Vance, venture capitalist, work for Peter Thiel, makes a lot of money, and they think, you know what? This guy, he's just a poser. He's not really blue-collar. He's not, he's not a white working class, but he was, and he understands it, and they don't. And so they've decided that he's not really a great candidate. He's not really a good candidate because they don't like him, and it's their opinion of him that has determined whether or not he's a good candidate as opposed to – He's going to connect really well in Youngstown, Ohio, and in Warren, and in Astabula, and in Morgantown, or um, in in Caldwell, and Parkersburg, places like that. He's going to connect really well in Steubenville, Ohio. He's going to connect really well out there in the Rust Belt. Carrollton, Ohio, they're probably going to vote for J.D. Vance. Amsterdam, Ohio? Probably so. Wintersville, they're going to vote for him. Because he's one of them. He talks the language, even if he no longer walks the walk. He walked the walk at one point. He is very well known to the media, and they knew him as a Democrat, and now they despise him. They view him as a traitor. But the working class recognizes the idiosyncrasies of the working class, and he connects to them. It's the same thing here in Georgia. I mean, Brian Kemp is like the most normal person to ever have been governor of the state of Georgia. I've been with the man at fancy restaurants. He'd rather have a Bud Light than anything fancy. People connect to people like that. He's authentic. Meanwhile, Stacey Abrams is hanging out with the snobs and being on Star Star Trek – and she is disconnected from the people. There's a there's a criticism of the left that, that you see here sometimes and of the right. The right likes humans and hates humanity. The left likes humanity and hates humans. And the problem for the left is it's the humans who wind up voting. And the right may not like humanity, but certainly likes the humans more than the left. This hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, they themselves can help your business grow. They make their own lending decisions. They have been since the 1990s. If you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, so much more, reach out to First Liberty, firstlibertyga.com. $750,000 deals and higher, though. No small deals. You want to be a big deal? You got a big deal? Reach out, firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. I want to go to Bob's call. Bob, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Eric. How are you? Great. What's going on? 
Well, Eric, I am. Uh, first of all, I just want to let you know I'm a subscriber to your newsletter. Oh, well, really thank appreciate you. that. Yeah, and it's it's a wonderful read. I love your multidimensional approach to politics and religion. I always find it interesting, and really, I uh, really look forward to your show every day. Thank you. Know, you. Full disclosure, my my wife worked in politics for 20 years in the RNCC. She was actually Mary Matlin's uh, friend and coworker for me. Oh, fantastic! A number of the Republicans out there. I took her away from all that in D.C. when I was in the Army and um, married and now live in Kennesaw, Georgia, which is great. You rescued her. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I, interestingly, when I was in the military, um, my roommate for three years was Tim Michaels, the gentleman that just won the primary in Wisconsin. Yeah. And then uh, when I when I left that duty assignment, I ended up with him again for another three years. We weren't roommates the second time around. <laughs> but um, it, 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 to your point about just being – Tim Michaels was a very wealthy uh, individual. I never knew he had a nickel when he was in the Army. And his mom and dad started a multimillion-dollar business, which he still works in with his two brothers and manages that business. It's one of the largest construction companies in the United States, if not the world, and it's privately held, and uh, they just do a fantastic job. And I, I know uh, Tim works really, really hard at what he does. And he's he's never taken his uh, livelihood or his family uh, money for granted, and he's always done good works by that. And so uh, I'm just I was just it, what you said about. Guys in the middle class and working just resonated with me. It yeah, actually and, reminded me of Taylor. And you know, Bob, so, so here's the thing about him as well is because Trump endorsed him, he's perceived as being this terrible candidate like J.D. Vance in Ohio. And actually, he's a really strong candidate who has not wrapped himself in the stop the steal sold election stuff. Uh, he just wasn't the candidate the establishment Republicans wanted. Um, Scott Walker and, and Mike Pence endorsed his opponent. She lost. He came out as a more aggressive candidate willing to fight the left. Uh, and, and he won. And it seems to me that Republicans don't necessarily need a candidate who believes the election was stolen in 2020, but they need a candidate who's actually going to be willing to stand up for the middle class and, and actually fight for them. That, that's what's going on here. Uh, Bob, I got to let you go there because I only got about 15 seconds left, but thank you very much for uh, calling in. And, and this is the perfect point here. You know, you can become a very wealthy person and still maintain your roots in the middle class. I know some of those people like that who grew up dirt poor, uh, and and unlike me, they still would rather stay at the Holiday Inn Express than in the super nice hotels that I've come to appreciate. Um, and it's not gimmicky; it's just who they are. It would help if I turned my microphone on, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm a professional. Some days you people would never know it. Um, so, okay. So here's, here, here's the weird one. I, you know, I was talking about this stuff. It's like, you know, I should go in and see, um, and it's very weird. Do you know where, where the 19th largest online audience for my show is Petoskey, Michigan and Traverse city, Michigan. I had no idea. It's just, it's it's kind of why I'm going to have to call a local radio station there and say you should put me on. Nonetheless, I digress. Uh, I want to talk about the data because the data is inescapable. I made Charlie get all this audio for me, and this is where I have to play it so he feels like he earned his keep. Uh, I want to play for you three pieces of audio. The first 
is from Bloomberg News. Food prices soaring, climbing 10.9% from a year earlier. Biggest increase since 1979. Essentials like cereal, like dairy products, certain ones of them, posting record year-over-year rises. That's from Bloomberg. Now, this is Larry Summers, the left-wing economist who warned Biden he was going to spark inflation. I still think we have a very serious inflation problem in this country. I don't think that inflation problem is going to go away uh, of its own volition. And so I think we're likely to have some quite turbulent times ahead. Turbulent times ahead. Last one here. This is from MSNBC. And so let's take a look at how this applies to back to school, because this is a huge industry when we talk about the goods and services that are needed in back to school. Right. Thirty seven billion dollars this year is what is expected that shoppers will spend on back to school shopping. That's an average of more than eight hundred and fifty dollars per household. Now, JLL, which is a commercial real estate group, looks at the spending habits. First, take a look at if you are from a family that is unaffected uh, by inflation. You are going to spend on average 32 percent more this year on school supplies. If you are from a family that is significantly affected, you will spend 15 percent less. What is all the more tragic about this, Lindsay, is when you talk to families, whether it's polling or whether it's just anecdotal on the street evidence, they prioritize schooling and education. Uh, So it is a shame that some families will just this year, because of inflation, because of where the economy is, not be able to spend as much on school supplies. Surprise! They they favor schooling and education. Really, you can't make this stuff up. Schooling and education is is, is one of the things they're concerned about. Uh, hello, of course. And what's happening right now? People, their kids are going back to school. You know, the the Mid Atlantic states and New England, they're on vacation right now. They're at the beach. They head back to school after Labor Day. And they're going to experience the pain as well. I've mentioned, I'm going to say it again, this is my broken record time, but it's really important that you grok this. Now, what is it? Grokking. Boy, that's the nerdiest thing I'll ever say on the, man, I feel like I need to go give myself a wedgie and a swirly just for saying that on the radio. Goodness gracious. I got to go stick my head in the toilet and flush real quick, folks. I am, wow, uh, that is the nerd. What does grokking mean? It's, a, it's one of those terms that internet nerds use to grok, to intuitively, deeply understand something. You grok this. You don't just understand it. You grok it. I have just, like, embarrassed myself with nerdery on the radio. I apologize. But I want you to deeply, intuitively understand this. The Democrats have seen a shift. It's late in the day, folks. We got the delay on. Shift, I said. Shift in the polling. Don't have my braces in. You never know what I'll say. They've seen a shift in the polling in their favor. It has given them hope. They've gotten things done. They've passed a climate bill and a health care bill. It's all part of the Inflation Reduction Act that doesn't reduce inflation. Of course, you have Bernie Sanders out there saying this. I will tell you, uh, given the enormous economic problems uh, facing working families in this country, I was very, very disappointed that we did not go further uh, in addressing uh, the realities facing the average American. Uh, you know, we got a health care system which is dysfunctional. 
We pay the highest prices in the world for our health care and our prescription drugs, and we really did not make any significant progress in making health care affordable, housing, home health care, expanding Medicare, all the needs of the American people that they wanted us to act on. Yeah. Unfortunately, we were so, unable to go forward. So didn't get to get, pull it off, really, all the health care stuff they wanted. Y'all, the, the Democrats, they, they, they've been encouraged. Forget Bernie Sanders. They feel encouraged. They have hope. They see this bounce. I want to explain this to you again because this, this, yeah, I'm going to use the word grok here again. You, you gotta, you've got to deeply, intuitively understand this. Polling shifts to the Democrats at this time of year. Historically, it always does. You don't have to believe me. You can go research it yourself. That's why I think Brian Kemp in Georgia is going to win, because typically at this time of year in Georgia. In 2002, 2006, 2010, 2014, 2018, midterms, the Democrats were ahead in the polls for the governor's race in Georgia. And Brian Kemp is already ahead. Remember, after 2020, the Democrats concluded polling was broken. In 2020, the Democrats had their polling surge at the end of July, beginning of August. And it never shifted. The generic ballot, who do you want in charge of Congress, Democrats or Republicans? The Democrats started surging about right now, and it never went down. By Election Day, they had a 6.8% edge over the Republicans. 6.8% more people said they wanted Democrats in charge than Republicans. You know how they actually went? Democrats got a 3.1% margin over the Republicans. Barely enough to hold Congress. That 3.1 is is key here. Because if the Democrats hold two percentage points, that tends to be the Republicans win. If they're tied, Republicans win more. If Republicans are ahead, it's a blowout. And right now the Republicans and Democrats are tied in the generic ballot, which means the GOP wins. If the election were held today, the Republicans would automatically, just based on redistricting, get 222 seats in the House. They would win. The Democrats feel a polling surge, and a lot of that polling surge is just Democrats are talking to pollsters. Hispanic voters, less likely to talk. Republicans, even less likely than Hispanics to talk. So they can't really accurately measure Voters who are voting Republican, they seem th- there's this vibe shift. What do you what do you think really caused the vibe shift? Uh, the shift in the polling that they saw and all these media stories come out says, "Oh my gosh, the Democrats are rebounding! Oh my gosh, the the Republicans it's floundering! Abortion, 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 abortion!" I bet that had a lot to do with the vibe shift. When the Democrats get all their friends in the media to plant stories to say, oh, things are going so well right now for the Democrats. The vibe will shift back. Because despite Joe Biden saying we have 0% inflation in July, the real number is 8.5%. Democrats passed their Inflation Reduction Act in the Senate and every news outlet in America has referred to it as a climate bill. Instead, Americans... Do not care about the climate right now. They care about inflation. They care about affordability. We don't have an inflation crisis in the country. We have an affordability crisis. And between the search at Mar-a-Lago and the actual inflation number, 
all the supposed good work the Democrats have done is now suddenly overshadowed. Gas prices have come down below $4. The Axios, the left-leaning publication just bought by uh, the parent company, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Axios says $4 was a psychological barrier. Psychological barrier, my butt, it was a barrier by which one out of two Americans couldn't fill up their car with gas. It's not a psychological barrier. That is an actual barrier to get yourself to the office. And by the way, $3.99 an average gallon really doesn't do much. We were below $3 when Donald Trump left office. So let's talk about the real data, the data the Democrats don't want to talk about when they talk about their 0% inflation. Gas is up 44%. Fuel oil is up 75.6%. Meat, poultry, fish combined up 9.3%. Milk up 15.6%. Eggs up 38%. Baby food up 15%. And by the way, there's still a baby formula shortage. Coffee up 20.3%. Public transportation costs directly impacting the poor up 19%. Airfares up 27.7%. And real average hourly earnings are down 3%. Americans are falling behind. They're wiping out their savings. A recession is coming. And Captain Geritol is telling us there's 0% inflation. Dr. Dementia thinks everything is A-OK and the economy is rebounding. The Democrats, I mentioned this yesterday, the Democrats, suddenly they, they say they have hope. They have hope. Um, if you've ever watched Ted Lasso, it's the hope that kills you. The Democrats' hope is going to get them killed. They suddenly think they've rebounded. They suddenly think they've turned a corner. They suddenly think things are A-OK. They suddenly think the economy is going to do OK. No, it's not. Inflation is off its historic high of 9.3%. It's still at 8.5%. You know what your average salaries have been going up by? 5%, which means your salaries are actually declining by 3%. How's that work? Well, if your cost of living adjustment is up by 5%, but inflation is up by 8%, well, there's a 3% decline in your purchasing power. You have an affordability crisis. Moms and dads are having trouble buying their kids trapper keepers for school and all the notebooks. Moms and dads are having trouble feeding their children now. They're struggling to go to work. My buddy Chris yesterday noted this, and you know I saw it myself last night. I saw it myself at the gas station last night when I was filling up my car. I want you to do this. I want you to go to your local gas station and look at the pumps. And you're probably going to find a pump where the person put in just $10. You might find $5. Maybe you'll find 20. Those round numbers, 
Those aren't people filling up their tank. Those are people with a $10 bill in their pocket saying, I just need $10 of gas to get home. Go look when you, ch- when you get gas. Go look when you get gas. Go where there's cheap gas and look. And you'll find the gas pumps registering at 10, 15, 5, 20 round numbers. Because people are taking the cash that they have in their wallet. And they're using it just to get home or just to get to the office. There are no joy rides. There are no full tanks. And there were before Joe Biden and the Democrats came to power. That's the problem. They're also got problems with you people switching to Patriot Mobile because it just compounds the amount of money that's being used to fight the Democrats. Patriot Mobile is a Christian conservative cell phone provider. You get a Christian conservative cell phone provider, they spend their money, put it where their mouth is, they fund the conservative movement. You too can help fund the conservative movement with Patriot Mobile. You go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, and you get free activation. They give a portion of their profits to the conservative causes you care about from life to the Second Amendment. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get that free activation. Have 100% U.S.-based customer service. 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I got time to get to some phone calls. Let's go first to Bill. Welcome to the show, Bill. How are you? I am great, Eric. How you doing? Great. What's going so, on? Um, I work for the almost recession-proof insurance industry, as you're aware. And we've got news article after news article that says things like this. The Atlantic storm season, cooler water in the tropical Atlanta, Atlantic will help tamp down the season's ferocity according to two updated forecasts. That legislation worked already. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it sure did. Yes. Hasn't even passed the house yet, and it's already helping. Cooler temperatures in the Atlantic. So yeah. anyway, um, I'll, I'll uh, see you next Thursday because of my CHOA. Donation. Oh, fantastic. Good, good. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, Bill. Thanks for calling in on that. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we're headed into peak hurricane season and haven't had any yet. They've ar- predicted we would already have three named big hurricanes, and we haven't had any yet. Wendell, you're going to be the last caller. Welcome. Hey, uh, I just want to call you about the pollsters, you know, uh-huh. what they call and stuff. Well, I've been voting Republican since I could vote, and I'm 55 years old. Mm-hmm. I got a pollster call me a couple of weeks ago, and I told him I was going to switch and vote Democrat. And uh, I, I'm not going to, but I'm just wondering <laughs> how many other people out there are like me. This is know? the problem for them. In all honesty, not not to be flippant about this, but this is this is really the problem that uh, more and more Republicans have decided to game the polls. They don't trust the pollsters, and they're either not answering or they're doing what you're doing, Wendell. And that's why the polling has become unreliable. There is a trust gap in the nation. There is a fundamental trust gap. And you know, I, I spent this time talking that you know one thing that they should do in Washington is they they should just stop doing so much, give it back to the states. But another thing they need to do is they need to rebuild trust. It takes a very long time to rebuild trust, and it very quickly goes away from you. Remember, the FBI is the organization that said that the terror shooting at Fort Hood was just workplace violence. The FBI 
was the organization that saw James Hodgkinson attempt the mass assassination of Republican members of Congress and said it was just a, it was a, a suicide by cop incident. There's a profound distrust of that organization, just like there is with the CDC that can't bring itself to talk to people about monkeypox, honestly. Or look at the FDA and some of its research lately. Have you seen the story on Alzheimer's? This one's terrible. That a lot of the the current medical research for Alzheimer's was based on a fraudulent study that slipped by, that got funded, and federal grants were were enacted and given to pursue the research, and it was all based on fraud. This this is problematic, deeply, deeply, deeply problematic. And there's a fundamental lack of trust in Washington. And honestly, it comes back to my firm belief that if Washington did less, things would do far better. Things would go far better. Washington just does way too much. And it's genuinely strikingly a problem because we need a functioning government at the federal level. We actually do, but not for all the stuff it's doing, for the stuff it doesn't want to do. I mean, it can't deliver the mail on time. It's supposed to do that. It's gone woke in our defense. I mean, it just it, – it's – this isn't good. And we've got China circling and looking. You know, the, the Chinese are not having diversity programs in the military and drag queen story hour. They're not. They're they're learning how to kill Americans. We need to stop being distracted by the unserious. <laughs>